On today's episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We talked to a man that seriously has the coronavirus and what he shares was incredible. By the way, six things to pray. You can find out how to pray in regards to the coronavirus. Hopeondemand.com. All right. Welcome back. This is a very special edition of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Not as much of our devotionals in this special episode, but just hope stuff during this coronavirus thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I'm sorry. It's the hope stuff. Hope stuff. Hope stuff. Can I say something? I want to do this in our regular podcast, too, mm. next week, um, because I think that there's more of a chance maybe somebody in months or years from now will view a regular episode and maybe not this one. But I want to do a little audio time capsule. If you are listening to this and it is, we're recording this on March 17th, 2020. If, if you're listening to this going, oh my goodness, remember this? This is, that was months ago. That was years ago. Would you email us mm -hmm. the perspective that we can see? Cause it's a little panicky now, if you'll recall. And so email us morningshow at ksbj.org. This is a little audio time capsule for you future person that's listening to this. I love this. And see how God took care of you through this time. Yes. I think it's really, it would be an easy thing for us to go and go, oh, this is March 17th. We must have talked about St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. So no. <laughs> not so much You're today. not even wearing green. No, I am not. I but am not. I wasn't even thinking about it because of all this. Social distancing required me to make some sort of a... Uh, tong apparatus, tongs, like salad spoons, so uh -huh. that I could pinch Carter because he's not wearing green. But we're supposed to stay six feet away from each other. So you built this apparatus, and how did it work? Didn't pinch at all. Didn't work. Nope. Didn't Don't work. know what went wrong. I know what went wrong. What went wrong? You're not an engineer. <laughs> That's what went wrong. All right, so we've been having some fun. but Good in theory. I, I want to start with last Wednesday. Okay. If you'll recall the day, especially if you you are listening to this in the future, um, that was the day that the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo got canceled. It was the day that the NBA surprised me. I thought they were going to go to empty arenas. They went to no games. Mm -hmm. March Madness said that day we're going to do games without fans. Of course, they later changed that to no games. It, it felt like as close to a day like 9-11 that, that I've experienced since. Okay. Since 9-11, I don't yeah. think I've had a day like in the moment going, I'm never going to forget this and neither are any of us. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those surreal type of days that is stained in my memory forever. There have only been a couple of times in my lifetime where my parents were not able to empathize. I think 9-11 had never happened before. Nothing like that to that degree. Mm -hmm. uh, especially because it was not just affecting one state. Like we experienced, Carter and I grew up in Oklahoma so the Oklahoma City bombing was a very large deal to our country anyway, but we were very close in proximity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to it because we, we were living in Oklahoma at the time. But with New York City and the Pentagon and even it could have potentially been the White House mm -hmm, right. if, if our incredible heroes on that flight had not taken the terrorists down along with the plane and their own selves, you know, yeah. um, that that affected us more on a national scale and then this thing is so international. Right. And I, I was talking with my parents who were staying with us all of last week, and they cannot remember ever this being anything, not anything close to something that they experienced in their childhood, perhaps during, you know, the Black Death. Mm. 
those types of events that took place in history where, we, you know, plagues have been around, certainly, but um, for, for it to affect globally in this way. Right. I, it's been, well, a lot of people are using the word unprecedented, and I think this time it's one of those times where it's not being embellished. It's well, right on the money. It's maybe not embellished. Of course, it's embellished by the news. My goodness, the news just <laughs> gloom and doom. But I don't think it is embellished, but I do think the good news is about it. It's mainly precautionary. Yes. They know how fast it can move. And so the good news is it's not like there are mass. Certainly a lot of people have been affected. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it is the social distancing, the canceling of basketball games is to hashtag flatten the curve as you might have seen, yeah. instead of this spike where we'll all go to the hospital at once, it's let's keep it low and slow so that healthcare is not overwhelmed. It's a good reminder. So it's just what me sacrificing going out to eat. Of course, now they've closed the restaurants, but me sacrificing doing something that involves a lot of people right. is for the betterment of myself and other people. And I could, I, there are a lot of things I don't have to do. I don't have to get out and do. And, and let's dissect that a little bit more for the betterment of yourself and other people mainly other people. If you're not concerned about yourself, perhaps you're not in that age bracket that causes the rest of the, you know, the medical profession is saying right now, the people who should be concerned are the elderly. Right, right. So if you're not in that age bracket, it's like, well, if I get it, I understand that I'll get pretty sick, but mm -hmm. I should be all right because it's not a death sentence. For you, if you're not in that age bracket, more than likely, yes, that's a fact. However, do you not come into contact with people who are going to be either elderly or they know someone yeah. who is elderly and you're putting at other other people at risk. So it's a really important thing that we hugely consider in this moment, what Jesus said into love others as we love ourselves. In fact, I mean, maybe we should be thinking about that even more so than uh, certainly ourselves. We need to be putting the needs of others before. I need to be more sensitive about it because mm -hmm. I've certainly mm -hmm. been in that place of life where it's like, ah, you know what? I'll be all right. It doesn't matter if I'll be all right. What if I'm one of those asymptomatic people and I could be potentially affecting somebody else? I need to stop and think, how is this going to affect others? That's what had me more more paranoid than anything was I would hate it, you know, if, if up to 14 days before showing symptoms that you could be spreading this, you know. So that's why I want to be conscious of it. Sure. Um, I want to say, so how do we help? Well, Melanie actually says something really incredible I want to get to. But at the end of this episode, we talked to a, a guy that we know. Mm hmm that got the coronavirus. In fact, he's somebody you might know because you've heard him during Sherathon on KSBJ. Yeah, his name's John. And what he had to say after having coronavirus, we're going to play that for you at the end of this episode. So just be listening for that. Um, uh, Melanie says, all right, this is in my next door neighborhood app. You may have heard of that. It's like Facebook for neighbors. Yeah. Like, you know. And so this person posted, hi, neighbors. I know this is an uncertain time. So I wanted to offer a helping hand. I would be happy to run an errand or do any handiwork for anyone who needs extra help, don't hesitate to reach out to me via comment below. Groceries for the elderly is is one of those things. Yeah. If you can go to the store, because we're recommending not doing things you don't need to do, but if somebody doesn't have groceries and they're afraid to get out because of their age, setting it at their doorstep, that's an incredible hands and feet of Jesus moment. Carter and I have a very close friend who has been told by his doctors uh, he's not even the he's not even in the exact age bracket, but mm -hmm. because he has had such magnificent upper respiratory issues in his life, the doctor flat out told him, "You will die if you get this. Mm. It is so vitally important that you do not go out, that you stay in your house." And I, 
I remember him sharing that with me and I thought, oh my word. So Carter immediately reached out, hey, do you need us to go get you groceries? It's so important that we take care of each other. And uh, and really, you know, when we were children, maybe you were like this, Carter, you were invincible. And I think there's still a little sense of invincibility up into, I don't know if that ever goes away completely. Mm. Ah, it'll be all right. Right, right. Ah, you know. Or, of course, you can go the opposite with that and just be paranoid about everything. But when we were little, you know, that's why your parents had to tell you, don't fly off the roof. You're not Superman. That's why you got a broken arm. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. When you're, you know, so little, oh, I'm, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I carried a sense of that with me pretty much throughout college. It wasn't until after children, and now you're responsible for other people, <laughs> that you start to go, oh, I am a mortal person. Yeah. And even though I gave my life to the Lord a long time ago, recognizing that there is an eternity, I still had that sense of, it'll be okay. I don't know why, but we do. And so I I want to be sensitive to, wait, I am a mortal person. I do What I do in terms of choices can affect others and does affect them. Am I being wise? And am I loving those around me well? If I get groceries for others, I want to be mindful to leave it on the doorstep and not be within, you know, yeah. well, more than six feet. Well, with what you're saying about that, that line of, It'll be okay compared to panic because there's somewhere in between that's healthy. Yeah. What are you saying to your kids and what have your kids said to you? You got two boys, what, uh, 13? Is Sammy 13 yet? Sammy's 13. And then Caleb's 11? He's 10. 10, okay. You were close. Ah. Um, what you're, you're asking what we're telling them? What's the conversation you guys have had with them or they've asked about, you know, with you? We started talking with them about this whole matter a long time ago. Like when it first came into the news, really hit us, I think was at the very end of December. Clearly, this had been something that had gone on before in in China specifically. Um, I think it was back in the fall. uh, And it just spread really fast, obviously. And so at the very beginning, we were mindful to, we need to wash our hands. And clearly the flu is still, I guess, of epidemic proportions, you could say. I I don't know. I'm not getting that out of a a medical book or something. But clearly, there is still quite a large death rate with the flu. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even this season alone, um, they've come out with the the figures. It's it's unbelievable how many people pass away. However, you go into a drugstore like Walgreens, and there is a bottle of Mucinex that says cold and flu. There's not a bottle of Mucinex that says cold flu and coronavirus, you know, Mm -hmm. so it still feels like you have a little bit of a handle. I can, uh, you know, the flu's been around long enough. I think I can deal. We've, we're just used to it. It doesn't scare us because we're used to it. This is new. We don't really have a handle on it. At least there's a vaccine with the flu. There's nothing for this thing Mm -hmm. and people are getting it and um, some people are passing away. And so we're talking about our, uh, with our children in terms of like, you know, let's, have some perspective. And I've been so upfront with them from the beginning. And so is my husband. Uh, and it, it, it does help having a registered nurse in the household. That's what my husband's an RN. Um, there's no reason to quote shield them. Now I'm very careful in the way I talk. Uh, but at the same time, this is a reality that they're living in. And I do not want them to be shielded in such a way that a, they're not going to take it seriously because mm-hmm. that could be a problem for them. Or B, that they live in such a bubble that, you know, they go out into the outside world later and find out that happened, you know, from their classmates. Those kinds of things I genuinely want. The things that concern them should come from mommy and poppy. Yeah. 
uh, because that's my role as their parent. That's the role that God gave me. So you ask how I'm handling it. I'm treading carefully, but honestly. And we're just having daily conversations, and they've been a part of watching newscasts with us. How does this make you feel, you guys? We'll have that conversation. We pray about it with them. How much do you let them watch the news? How much do you watch in the news? Um, lately, we've been watching broadcasts together, especially on the weekends where, you know, you and I are more privy to it with the radio show we do every morning. We, we look up that news information. So we know it too. Okay, this is where we're at right now as a nation or even, you know, internationally. But, um, you know, when you're on the weekend and you're secluded in a home and my parents who are in their 70s are with me and my father has very bad uh, upper respiratory health, actually. Uh, we've been very concerned and just, you know, are we doing what we should be doing for him? And so my kids have been privy to some of those newscasts. And I think a lot of kids, I don't know if, if you were in the day and age where your if they watched news like that, a lot of us now do the news through our phone. Yeah. But I was brought up in the generation where, yeah, you watch the evening news. And I remember most of the time I'd just tune it out. But if it was of some sort of apocalyptic level stuff, Oh, it could play fear factor in my brain, that's for sure. So we do bring it up often if they've been privy to a newscast. How do you feel right now? Are you all right? Um, let's talk about this. What does God say about this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think one of the, and this is, I'm somebody that just respects so much the craft and the true broadcast newscaster. You know, you think Walter Cronkite and people like that. But I think one of the worst things for us is a 24-hour, you know, cable news network. Mm. Uh, and I'm not even talking about politics. I'm just talking about it. Just it just is fearful. It, it with things like this, if we watch it for 24 hours, we do need to be updated on what's going on. Sure, certainly. But I just found myself there, just checking it constantly on my phone or watching it. And it's not necessarily the news people. I mean, that's I, I don't know. I if like listen, you have weird hours and you need the news when you need it. There you go. But if you are aware that you are watching way too much than you should be, yeah, you need to control the diet of information well, you take in. But I think it's you. I want to turn it on and see something good. And right now there's just not much of that, but they're, they're there. You can yeah. find it. They, they were actually interviewing a, uh, an elderly couple, I think in their eighties mm -hmm. that had gone through it. Yeah. And the, the words from the man was, this is not the boogeyman. This is not something to be afraid of. Like we are, and, you know, the news just showed like that for just a few seconds. And then they went back to gloom and doom. So right. it's just, it's things like that, that, I hope to see more of that, mm -hmm. but just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean that's, that stuff's not happening. There are yeah. some incredible stories coming out of this. You cannot rely on a news outlet to do that for you. Certainly there are news reporters who fight for good stories and they want that on, but there are ratings yeah. that yeah. they look to. It's a business. And, so, and that's not necessarily the newscaster's issue at all. That's maybe a company issue. I don't know, but we have to be our own good news because well, we, we know the good news is through Jesus, right? And so how do you exemplify that amazing thing in a world where maybe you are locked up in a, in a house and you don't feel like, well, I can't exemplify anything right now because I'm not even allowed to go outdoors. We have social media places, but I'm, I'm even overlooking the number one thing that honestly I could do a better job of is praying. Yeah. You yeah. know, we can be our own good news on our knees for people right now and praying over this. I'll give you an example. My friend was at the store. Okay. He sees a guy with four huge packages of toilet paper in his cart. Well, that's a piece of work. Come on. That's what my friend was thinking, <laughs> right? And so he's just, I don't know if he was like openly going to go give him the business or whatever, but my friend is just staring at him going, are you kidding me? Yeah. By the way, openly giving anybody the business is not going to warrant you anything and it's not going to, it's never going to have a good outcome. We were talking about that last podcast. When do you yeah. say something? Well, probably not a volatile situation, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but the guy was just standing there. 
he was, he was looking at his own carts. And so my friend was like, what is this guy doing? That guy in his own world, because he was talking to himself, he looks down at those four huge packages of toilet paper and says out loud, I don't need all of this. Mm. Puts three of them back on the shelf, mm -hmm. served the people around him by only taking what he what he needs. When Carter told me that story this morning, I thought of when the children of of God, the Israelites, they were in the wilderness and they needed food and God provided for them daily. Yeah. Manna would come from heaven and they would have quail in the evening. But it was very, I mean, they were given specific rules. Don't take more than you need for just one day. You take that day's worth, that's it. And those who did take more, it spoiled. Mm. And it caused a big mess and there were heavy consequences that came along with it. The only day that they made up for that was uh, on the Sabbath day because you weren't supposed to work during the Sabbath. So they would collect the previous day. They would gather twice as much so there would be no gathering for the next day. So all of that to say that God has over and over again in Scripture, even with Jesus teaching us how to pray and give us this day our daily bread, excess is never going to be a good thing. If, unless, of course, you have like the intentions of giving it away. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to give it out to yeah. people. And this, that's, that's an unselfish reason. Right. But if you're selfishly hoarding and, and greedy for it, it, it never, the Bible is clear with examples. This is not me judging you. This is the Bible saying it, there is never going to be a good outcome for when we go there. And can you trust me? That was one of the reasons why he established the Sabbath. It's interesting. God's like, can you trust me with that day's wages? Yeah. I need yeah. you to take this time out in reverence and respect of me and obedience to me. Can you trust me with this day? And perhaps that's where you're finding yourself right now. God has provided for us a long time because if you think about it, our whole lives, obviously, if you think about it, when when you have needed toilet paper bad, you were down to your last roll and you go to the store, were they ever out? Probably not. And if we all live that way, truly only going when we need it, and not buying more than we need, mm -hmm. the the store's always going to have it. Yeah. So there's no point in I you know I don't know what what all this is about because even the symptoms people have joked the symptoms of coronavirus aren't even really what you need toilet paper for anyway. Not in huge amounts anyway. No. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just it's it's very interesting. I think I think there's such a lesson there. Not taking more than we need, realizing that God provides, having the peace that this is going to pass, that this is a time. But my friend said this. He was hiking. And he realized no hill goes up forever. Mm. No hill goes up forever. Right. Eventually, there's going to be a downslide on this thing. Yes. And we're going to look back and go, we're glad we were precautious. And we may even laugh at some of the goofy stuff we did. But this will pass as all phases of life does. You ever want to look back at those moments of your life and not regret the way you behaved. Mm -hmm. And we've all had those moments in the past. Where you're like, Ugh. And <laughs> it's not because we want to dwell in that place. Because looking at the past in that way, where it's like, oh, I feel guilty about it, does not do you any good. Yeah. The past, you should only reflect on the past if you know you are going to glean something, grow from it in reflection and be like, I messed that up. Thank you, God, for your grace and forgiveness. I don't want to do that again um, and move forward. But what are you doing? You're looking at I'm going to I'm going to look this up. I don't know if you're that familiar with with Seinfeld, but uh, when George is at the birthday party and there's a small kitchen fire. Small a, kitchen fire, yes. Small, and he's at a birthday party with a bunch of kids. Yeah. And he freaks out. I think I smell some smoke back here.
He knocks over a, a clown, an old lady. <laughs> he knocks over kids. all these people to get out of the house first. First. That's how we don't want to act. That's case in point right there. Yeah. The Titanic, women and children first. Can I live my life like that? And I'm not yeah. specifically necessarily talking about, you know, this isn't about feminism or anything. I'm just talking about putting those who are in a needed position mm-hmm. first. That is the basics. It's it's Jesus said it's the number two rule in the book. Number one, love me. Number two, love others. And he was very clear as to who the others were. Yeah. Yeah. So am I am I reaching out to them in love lately? I, I want to even get if to... it's six feet away here. Yes. Use your toilet paper. I will back away. It's easy to love people from six feet away. It is. It yes. is. We don't have to get close. Um, a couple of things I with home stuff with kids, you know, out and maybe even just you are listening to this in the future and it's summertime and maybe these are going to be good ideas in general. Um, we saw that um, maybe you've seen it going around about the uh what would you call a lesson, a hands-on lesson with the pepper in the water mm-hmm. representing the virus. I'm so sorry, the elementary school. You know, the place where you learn to say words like elementary. Yes, 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 yes. So the elementary school teacher, she posted this incredible little object lesson where, yes, they have a bowl of water and there's pepper, like we get from a pepper shaker. Yeah. And it's filled with, this pepper and water solution and the pepper water is supposed to represent a virus. And so they, she had the little one stick his finger in the virus water and we pulled it out. Yeah, there's pepper all over his finger, but then there was a second bowl and in it was dishwashing. So, or like Dawn, something like that. Uh And so he stuck his finger in the soap and she said, all right, now stick your finger. That's just gotten covered with soap back in the virus water. And he did. And it was the craziest chemical reaction. Mm -hmm. The pepper just goes, whoosh, and it looks like it. It almost looked like those uh, the movies that do Moses when he sticks the the staff in the water and it yeah. goes whoosh, when he parts the Red Sea. That's right. It kind of looked like that a little bit. The pepper just completely evaded any sort of contact with that finger. It was amazing. It's a great hands-on experiment. Um, one of my friends, no, this is uh, this is John Acuff. He's a Christian blogger. He said. Uh, what we're doing right now in the boredom, I just showed my teenagers Ferris Bueller for the first time because we have so much time <laughs> on our hands. So he was act- asking other movies of yeah. what in your heyday. What other John Hughes movies? That you'd want to show your kids, <laughs> you know, if it's, you know, it's appropriate or whatever. So you have to uh, probably watch the edited versions on a lot. of. Well, them. somebody said um, we just we pulled out Saved by the Bell. My kids have never seen Saved by the Bell. So oh even, you goodness. know, just stuff like that. I don't know. What would you want to show? What was the thing back in your day that you'd want to show <sighs> Sammy and Caleb if? They haven't experienced. You know, I we've shown them so many things from our child because I love movies, so I make them whether I whether I think they like them or not. You uh, sit down and you watch this. They're cultured. Uh, yeah. But uh, E. T. is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, uh, one of the earliest ones for me. Star Wars certainly for my husband, and I mean that's not a big stretch for us at all because the arc has continued into 2019. Yes, 2020. Um, but no, that's a great question. I wasn't expecting you to ask me. Well, uh, you're going to have the time, right? So they'll actually sit down. If they're bored enough, they'll sit down and watch maybe something you would enjoy. And then they'll discover oh, back when you back in the olden days, mommy, when you were a child, this was a good show. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you forced me to watch it. And it's usually I have to force them fly to the navigator. I pulled that up on Disney plus. Uh, <laughs> you don't even, you're looking at me blank. No, I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. don't know if I've seen it, but I know what you're talking Little about. Little kid, futuristic, spaceship. Anyway, but um, my son's like, Mommy, I don't want to watch this. You're going to watch this, and you're going to love it. 
And? He loved it. That's amazing. That's amazing. See? Well, here's another good idea for you personally. This is my friend Kyle. He said, all right, I have a challenge during the social distancing. My challenge is that we find out why we believe what we believe. Back it up with truth, not feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking any subject. I'm talking baptism. I'm talking, you know, your stance on divorce, something, end times, anything, you know, salvation issues, like whatever big thing that the Bible has to share and we say we believe it, maybe it's an opportunity to do the research and then back it up. He says the Bible speaks on a lot of different subjects. So why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? What verses speak about your beliefs in certain subjects? So it's it, just a research opportunity that, if we're yeah. bored enough, this is what I believe. Yeah. Not just cleaning out closets, but cleaning out spiritual ones. Yeah. So, you know where you stand and, and be able to have a, prepare a conversation. Because honestly, if you have friends that do not believe in Jesus Christ, more than likely the next few days to weeks to months, potentially could create opportunities that you would never have because this thing has gone, quote, pandemic. Well, talk about what you said about church. Uh, yeah, I think honestly, this could be the best time ever to invite people to church because they don't feel maybe uncomfortable in attending. Mm. They could just click on that link you sent them Yeah, because we can't meet in churches per se, but we could say, this is what my pastor's all about. I wanted to send you this link and it's about peace. It's about not being afraid Yeah, and send them that link and just see what happens. No, you know, no strings attached. Just wanted you to know that you're, you're welcome here, obviously in your own living room, in your own space. Because God might be just making an appointment with them in that moment in their in their very living room. You just never know. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, I think that it really is cool. I uh, have one other thing I'd like to share. Um, second Timothy, you know, Timothy was in charge of the biggest church of his time. And it was, um, I believe, the church in Ephesus. And it was just only recently I realized that, like, the people he had in attendance there were, you know, pretty big deals in the early church, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, oh. attended his church. I believe oh, that's wow. Accurate. Okay. But uh, Timothy was let down by some, some of his staff members at church. And it was during that period of time where Nero, the emperor, who just persecuted Christians left and right, you, you've heard the stories about how he would put Christians in the Colosseum and then set wild animals loose on them. And just, it was a horrific time frame. Uh, people were being persecuted for their faith. And therefore it was like they were put in the fire, if you will, and seen what they were made out of. A lot of the people left the church. Mm. They were like, you know what? Um, it's not worth it. So you could see really how strong their faith was. Even some of the leaders that Timothy had been pouring in for years. He had been giving everything he had, pouring into them, and they left. And Paul, his encouragement in 2 Timothy, his letter to Timothy, was basically saying, I want you to do it again. And you can imagine if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever felt like somebody has been unfaithful to you, because here I've given everything I've got. Um, I put my neck out for these people, and they did me wrong. Mm. Uh, I'm... I was really blessed in reading this devotional in regards to Timothy and Paul's encouragement. And it, it made me realize that God put everything on the line for me and I can trust him. And if he asks me to put everything on the line, I do it not because I think the outcome might even be different the second time around, but I do it because he asked me to, I do it because he knows more than I do. And maybe you're feeling like at this point, there's going to be so many opportunities to, to reach out and talk with people right now because they're afraid. 
Maybe they're even spouting off nonsense because they're afraid. We do a lot of weird things when we're afraid. Yeah. Um, maybe it's even reconnecting with that family member that you, there's bitterness between you. There's bad blood there, but there could be healing in the midst of sickness right now with this coronavirus that God has planned for you because you're sticking your neck out. It's not about us. This life is about grace. And Jesus exemplified that on the cross. And I, I every day have to remind myself, even with something as simple as a, a traffic frustration, that person right there that just cut me off and totally deserves me to be mad and cut him off. Jesus died for him. And am I, am I being the example where people can look at me and go, oh, that person, something's different about that person. I just want to be that person. So I was encouraged through that passage of scripture. It's okay to keep sticking your neck out for people, even if you don't think you're going to get a return on it. It's not about your return. It's about the glory of God. You know, I want to give some hope too, because you made me think about this. Um, I'm sitting here. I told you that I tested positive for fear uh, mm. because I was just checking the news, like I mentioned earlier, just over and over. And and, and then not even really the disease as much, uh, but the reaction from people seeing the lines outside of grocery stores and what are people going to do? What about the stock market? You know, all that stuff. And I'm I realize this. I'm sitting in my um, my aunt's home. I'll just I'll, I'm going to make up some names. I don't want to share their names. Um, let's just we'll call him Bob. Um, Your aunt's name is Bob. No, I'm going to talk about this guy first. Okay. My Bob entered the family through marriage um, a couple years ago. Okay. And because of past mistakes, a lot of my family wasn't from Bob, past mistakes from Bob. Um, well, really, I'll just say jail time. Okay. My my family wasn't really keen on Bob and being in the family. Yeah. You know. He's so ex-convict. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot more to it. But um, so I'm sitting there the other day at my aunt's house after clearly God has worked on my family. God has worked on Bob. Mm -hmm. And we are all there together, Bob included, at my aunt's house that was maybe the most outspoken about not about Bob, you know, just having reservations about Bob being the family. And I'm sitting here going two years ago. We were all in fear. We don't know Bob. What's Bob going to do? Is he going to harm somebody? We were wondering what, what could happen? What might happen? And we wasted all that time worrying mm -hmm. when here we are two years later and, and, and God has really seen us through the fear. And I think about in the stage that we're all in now that I was in fear about the coronavirus and what might happen, what could happen I can't wait really two years from now, a few months from now, maybe of looking back going, I I'm glad that I didn't waste as much time worrying because God kind of gave me this reminder. Because when you came down the hill on your hike, you recognize the merit of the uphill climb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, John Brock is a guy who's helped us a lot during Sherathon and his life's work is is pouring into other people and just loving him the way that Jesus has loved on him. He's got quite a, a testimony, but recently tested positive for the coronavirus. And I want to share just about the physical part of it that he, he said his first symptom was fatigue and then he didn't get the cough for a week. Now that was just him, but I wanted to make sure to cover some of the physical side of that. But the spiritual side is what really just yeah. floored us. A person who's just endured what most of the world seems to be terrified of, of contracting Probably it, it would floor everyone if if his message 
was shared and broadcast in these newscasts that we keep talking about that are emphasizing the the terror part of it mm. uh, because his is such a positive takeaway and he was excited about how God is going to use it. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus in the midst of all of this. Yeah. And being that um, willing participant, if you will, he's like, I'm not saying God gave me this or that I, I'm just saying that here's an opportunity. God never misses an opportunity to be the hands and feet. And talking about how he was self-reliant and this made him more reliant oh, on, yeah. on God. And so for me, more than anything else, it's just reminded me how much I need him and uh, and how much uh, how much we are more relying on him than ever before because our economy can crash, whatever that, but the, but the love of God just doesn't end. That was, come uh, on. I think that's going to do it. That's, I mean, we can't say anything better than that. If John could drop the microphone six feet away from us right now. <laughs> and hey, I, a, a reminder, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash Even your hands. Even if you love that person, give them a hug, but like air hug them. Air hug. It's okay. It's not because you don't want to touch them. It's because you're thinking about them. Yeah. 